Hello, I'm Trudy Dempsey and I'm your host on Leader Horse to Water, the equine training and behaviour podcast. I'm glad you're joining me and if you remember last time I announced that I'm going to be doing several shorts that will link together in a whole topic and right now that topic is cues. You can look forward to shorter episodes but you can also just listen to it as one ongoing podcast if you like the longer geekier ones. I want to talk a little bit today about some of the sciencey terms. Last time we looked at what's in a name, why is it a cue, why isn't it a command, why isn't it an aid and some of that grew up out of the science as I mentioned last time. The science isn't so sexy. We talk about a stimulus or stimuli plural in science so a cue is really just a stimulus. What is a stimulus? Well, a stimulus is something that creates change effectively, something that makes a difference to the learner, to the environment, to anything in the world that you live in. So for instance, we might consider um, our cells being hot. We've had unseasonably warm October weather the last few days. And so for me, I've been taking my bigger coats off. I'd started to get them out ready for the the winter, autumn and winter. And already I'm having to dress down a little and wear less. But when I'm out walking the dogs or when I'm at work with horses, I'm going to be feeling a bit too warm. The stimulus of feeling too warm leads me to take off my jacket, take off my cardigan and just wear a T-shirt. So sometimes the environment is giving us so many stimuli and often those stimuli don't need to be something that we know we're acting on. So, you know, when you want to drink, when you're thirsty, you don't keep asking yourself, are you thirsty? Your body tells you you need to take a drink and you go find a drink. So those things are not things that you can change in your body. You can't decide whether you're thirsty or not. Your body has a feedback system that tells you whether you're cold, hungry, um, tired, thirsty, and all those things happen within your body without you having to do a lot about it. But what they do, those changes, make you act on something. So if you're too hot, you take a top off. If you are too cold, you go get a jacket or a jumper and put on or a hat. Those are things that affect you constantly. And those are stimuli. So in the world of science, we have this thing called a stimulus and we could interchange it as for a cue all the time. And so originally things wouldn't have been the lovely ABCs that you know of antecedent behaviour consequence. The antecedent would be not just a cue, it would be a stimulus. It would be something that drew out that behaviour from the learner, a stimulus. And we talk about stimulus and response. So the response effectively is the behaviour. Why do we need these terms? Why can't we have lovely... Um, friendly sounding terms that make sense to people. It's a bit like the positive and negative reinforcement uh, 
I'll call it a conversation. Sometimes it gets a little more heated than a conversation where people say, oh, but why does positive have to make it sound so good and negative bad? And so then we're having a job selling this to people because they think that we're saying what they do is bad because it's negative reinforcement and what we do is good because it's positive. Whatever your thoughts on that. Science needs to have a way of recording things and separating things into very specific lists of things so that we know we're all talking about the same thing. I mean, how often do you have that conversation and you get to the end of it and you think, are we arguing for the same side? Because I think we just call something, one thing, different things. And, you know, it can be really easy to fall down that rabbit hole of having an argument about absolutely nothing, purely because of the terminology. So I know there are some of you who will say, oh, I love the science. I love talking about stimuli, stimulus and responses. And I know there will be some of you going, oh, just give me a cue. I do not need to know all the science. I absolutely get that. But when we delve into things scientifically, when we run studies, When we talk amongst ourselves about methods, we need a common terminology. And so stimulus is a great starting point. And the stimulus with cues that we really, really need to know about is a discriminative stimulus. Do not try saying that too early in the morning or too late at night. It's quite a mouthful. And because of the same reason that we uh, write R with a capital R and plus following it rather than before it for positive reinforcement. And I know that's another thing that drives people wild. Why do they have to do it that positive is, you know, following um, the R? It should be before it, positive reinforcement. Again, it's down to science. We need to follow a certain terminology. Otherwise, we don't know whether we're all talking about the same thing or not. So correctly written, Uh, Positive reinforcement is that capital R followed by the plus or the minus sign and punishment the same followed by the plus or minus sign. Well, a discriminative stimulus. I've said it twice and I didn't trip up. I'm not going to probably try doing it again because three times there's no way I'm going to manage that. That is written with a capital S and then a D up in the up in the air a little bit to the side of it, a little bit like when we do to the power of so two to the power of three or three to the power of two or that little the extra to the power of appears at the top so technically written perfectly a discriminative I said I wasn't going to say it stimulus appears as a capital S it's a stimulus and then the D appears you know to the top it's commonly written as S capital S capital D um, you know because we don't have all of us the ability to write to the power of little signs up there. Uh, so SD is quite acceptable. And why is it important? What is a discriminative stimulus? Of course, it sounds really technical. It sounds like something you have to work really hard on. Tick, tick. Yeah, it, it is quite hard because when we think about the environment, What actually do we want the horse to listen to? And we're going to dig into this in another short in future, which is why it's going to take me so long to talk about cues, so many episodes, because we need to be aware of how hard it is to pick out a stimulus. But we also need to know how easy it is. And that's 
like double dutch. Trudy, what are you talking about? That's utter tosh. You're saying the exact opposite. One one minute you're saying it is and the next minute you're saying it isn't. Bear with me. It's very difficult when we go out into a training arena and we have a bag of food with us uh, or we have our hands to scratching or brushes to scratch. It's very hard to really define for the horse what it is that you want them to do to obtain that reinforcer. I would guess nine times out of ten when I ask people what they think maintains, what cue, what stimulus maintains the behaviour, I'm going to say nine out of ten times they will be wrong. They might in part be right. So if they say a hand gesture, a sweeping hand gesture is their cue to walk for their horse, that might, might, only might, might be part of the picture. But I will guarantee that the way horses look at us and watch us, there'll be something else. And I will almost guarantee that it's something to do with where the food is and where it's going to and how the horse perceives it needs to stay in touch with that food. But again, that's another one for another day. So that's why it can be so mucky, because when we go out to train, we have our food with us. We are sometimes like rabbits caught in the headlights, standing there going, oh, I need to train this. Oh, my goodness, I haven't planned. Oh, my goodness, so-and-so's horse is just being turned out over there. What am I going to do? You know, we're not in the moment. We find it really hard as humans to be very precise. And almost, and this really frustrates me, one of my little bugbears, I know people say, I don't like to plan. I go out there and I just be me. Cool, that's fantastic, but just don't expect your cues to be great. And that might seem a little controversial because I know most of us would like to think that our training happens via osmosis. Somehow our horse and our brain come together without really anything needing to be planned. But really, truthfully, we got to get past that because it's utter bunkum. Um, sorry, just my opinion. So in terms of that situation, I think cues are really hard, really hard to make a stimulus clear. And we'll talk in another episode about how we do that, how we can make it clear for our horse, how they can understand better what we want them to understand. Remember, the difference in your cue between your understanding and the horse's understanding can be enormous. But you are wedded to the fact because you've said your cue means walk on, your hand gesture means walk on. You are holding on like grim death to that belief. But your horse is seeing something else. It's really worth unpicking those cues. Now say, we'll go through that in another episode. Right now, I'm just going to redress the balance and say, on the other hand, there are some super easy stimuli that can be picked out of the environment. And when do they happen? Well, they happen when you're not noticing what you're doing. They happen when you're not even thinking about it. They often happen with things that are very regular occurrences. Things like when you are going to feed your horse, when you turn up to bring them out of the field to be groomed. And without realising it, because you do things exactly the same way every time, your hand on the gate, your hand on the fastener to open the gate, the way you walk with the head collar over your shoulder, the way you give your horse some carrot before you put on the head collar, all those things are so 
beautiful and clean, and yet you haven't really thought about them because it's just an easy procedure that you don't have to think about. So stimuli and in particular that SD that we're always after, it appears naturally and easily in some situations, but in others, you've got to work at it. And really what we have to work at is us. We don't have to work at the stimulus. We have to work at us and our presentation of it. So we'll look at that in future episodes and how we can be better at providing clean information for our horses to respond to. But for now, I'm going to leave it there just to give you that idea that the science and how we discuss things, how we label things, is important. It might not be important for you training with your horse on any one day, but don't, you know, sort of shrug off the science and say, oh, I'm not into the science. The science is important because it has led us to understand the things that we do already about learning. And we shouldn't just turn that off and say that it is worthless and we're not interested in it. It's there backing up what we did. It's foundational for us. And then we can move on and make it applicable in horses and other animals daily lives. So science is good but don't feel frightened of it. Until the next one, thank you for listening. Please share these. You know the usual places you can share them. Even just share them on your own page, on your own Facebook, wherever. But please do share because it makes a big difference to how many people see these and listen to them and therefore learn more. See you soon.